Hello and welcome to Culture Dumps. I'm Ryan Lichten. I'm here with Parks Miller. I did it again uh, last week on the Elmo episode. The guy that got trampled, his last name was Waller, not Walker. I couldn't read my uh, own handwriting on the note there. But uh, I'm never too, you know, I'm never above correcting myself. Also, you know, when you're trying to cement these people's legacy into history on, on record you want to get it right yeah. and they almost well story also was certainly well of, that's yeah. nice and maybe um we can also at the top you know plug the patreon which we've sure we usually do it we usually do it at, at the end yeah uh, why don't you go ahead and tell them what's on there we uh we make up little side episodes squirts that are a lot of fun they're a lot more like improvisational i suppose if this is the big band then uh the squirts is the is the jazz it's the jam the culture yeah. <laughs> um so we just kind of get to, and so that's those are really fun and uh it, sometimes it's like a sounding board for like more experimental topics that we do but it still still like relates to the 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 culture dumps universe the cdu yeah um, and then also yeah. any episode any episode that we um do on the regular channel uh there's always like corresponding videos um sometimes articles or songs uh there's also unreleased stuff too well like like there's um a couple like survivor stories and like mail day things that we never put up on the actual podcast 99 yeah. channel uh so if you are hungry for more woodstock 99 there's stuff no one's ever heard um and then it's also archived so it's really nice like just in the same way the show is i mean it feels like you know, you can just go back and then if you're like really into this shit. Yeah. And you can search like, by the different shows because we yeah. have mm -hmm. we have squirts, which, yeah, like, like, you know, we'll talk about like, oh, the best like fucking this kind of movie or like like boat rock, you know, volumes one through three or, or, or whatever. Right. But then we mm -hmm. also do docu dumps where we just discuss our favorite documentaries. I do a lot of those mm -hmm. by myself and they're short. But like, for instance, I just. Did, an, did a docu-dump on the most disturbing and fucked up movie I have ever seen, which, not to toot my own horn, but I've seen a lot of fucked up stuff. And uh, I did a little uh, short episode on what, what that was. But you have to sign up to the Patreon to hear it. So that's mm -hmm. patreon.com slash culture dumps. Holy dump. This, this is our first, like, it's quasi-religious uh, mm -hmm. I mean, it is just a movie, like, you know what I mean, what we're talking about today. We're just talking yes. about a fucking movie, but it's the passion of the Christ. That's what we're talking about. It's, it's, it's a really intense movie, regardless of your religious affiliations. Sure. And it has a very strong religious affiliation with Christianity and Jesus Christ. But any way you slice it, it is just like a wild fucking movie. Yeah, um, and, it and is that's, really intense. That's kind of the whole it, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, exactly. So. And also, I mean, there's just something about making movies like about the Bible, where like if I see a movie, I instantly think it's fictionalized. You know what I mean? I instantly mm -hmm. think it's yeah. made up because like it just plays out like Lord of the Rings. And this is this was a different kind of uh, Bible movie because it was so bleak and it was uh, quite mm -hmm. quite shocking at the time so why is the passion of the christ a dump 
gets a dump because the film remains one of the most controversial releases of all time. Noted for its gratuitous violence and anti-Semitic leanings, The Passion of the Christ was the highest grossing R-rated film at the time of its release. The film was funded by actor Mel Gibson, who also co-wrote and directed the film. Gibson was later involved in several scandals involving his own anti-Semitism and racism, which lend credence to the rumors that the film's underlying purpose was to frame Jews as brutal murderers responsible for the torture and death of Jesus Christ. On top of the film's controversy, the production of the film was plagued by injuries and accidents, mostly suffered by the film's lead actor, Jim Caviezel. When and they- I hear just real quick, yeah. Jim Caviezel, what are his initials? JC, JC. baby. <laughs> and I think I think he was the same I think he was at 33 when so he's he filmed Jesus. the movie. So he's Jesus so he for plays real. Jesus and his initials are JC and he was the same age as, as when Jesus died when he film this movie dude calling jesus christ jc is such like a youth group like like you know mm-hmm. who's really cool my man jc <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> jc would do you know so uh, it's very very righteous gemstones which we're both big fans of oh absolutely uh, yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very excited uh, Sundays have have a new meaning i'm, I'm like a total yes. old person now like i have like my programs on certain days mm-hmm. And uh, like, you know, I, I watch in just like that. I think that comes out on Thursdays, the Sex in the City uh, reboot, which is God awful. But I'm in too deep. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm in way too deep. Uh, and then, yeah, then Yellow Jackets and then Gemstones. That's my Sunday. So back to the Passion of the Christ. The film incited polarizing reactions from Christians and Catholics alike, with some churches considering the film essential viewing, while others saw the film as big budget blasphemy. There was also a highly publicized and widespread negative reaction from the Jewish community. This film, I mean, again, like to make anything based on on like a religious, you know, piece of literature or, what, or, or however you want to call it, scripture or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a daunting task and you're like it's going to be met with some kind of criticism, like even just putting mm-hmm. it on film because. Some of these, like, <laughs> almost because I feel like it's uh, harder to believe if you actually see it as opposed to reading it in a book that you know is thousands of years old. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, this was a huge, huge deal. Well, it's it like if out. you if you think the uh, the Dune fanboys or the Star Wars fanboys are intense, how about the Bible fanboys, okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, you've got, you got some people yeah. who, Have I you mean, been to literally are actually... <laughs> live like structuring their lives around this book <laughs> so when you so when years. you so when you make a movie out of it it's <laughs> it's also it's also very tempting to make a movie well, tempting no but it's really like you're like it says something to be there there is definitely that type of person that's like i am going to make like an epic movie like to them a movie it's like epic and you know, you there's those people that want to do the Great Gatsby. They want to do a Shakespeare. They want to go for the great story. Cloudy with a chance of meatballs. <laughs> yeah, I know. And um, I, dude, the I, crucifixion, I know. Captain of Jesus. Underpants. Yeah, and that's the thing is, there's the life of Jesus. And th- what's interesting to me is that it's like I've realized like how familiar growing up in the United States of America, you just are with so many aspects of the story of Jesus and the life. Oh, of it's Jesus. all over. But yeah. then kind of revisiting this particular movie, which I saw in theaters uh, <laughs> oh, with my youth group. It's like, <laughs> it's crazy because you're like, holy shit. Like, it's like really brutal. Yeah. And, it and is. it's focusing on 
some of the most i mean it's really it's focusing on his crucifixion like the end of his like his death right and so it's yeah i don't know it's it's why we'll get into it we're gonna get into it yeah it, it is it is it, he picked like literally the bleakest part of the bible um but there was a reason for that that uh we yeah. have only recently found out so anyways the 2004 film the passion of the christ was co-written by benedict fitzgerald and mel gibson gibson also directed the passion of the christ or the passion as it became known is the highest grossing christian based film of all time and upon its release was the highest grossing r-rated film uh, that you know, like I said at the, at the top, now it's still in the highest, uh, like the top ten highest grossing R-rated films. I believe it's mm -hmm. number eight. Joker is number one. Um, mm. You know, <laughs> fun fact yeah, so for the, you. I guess that's the th the R-ratedness is interesting because on one hand, like there is something people associate Christianity, um, especially with a PG PG thirteen. Yeah, rating. exactly. Yes. But <laughs> then, but then this is kind of so in a way that R-rated trying to take his torture crucifixion his death to like an extreme depiction it kind of it has this ring of those like the evangelical right the, like you're gonna burn in hell for your sins like that that really like brimstone very fire and brimstone depictions of the bible where like if you you know walk the wrong way like you will suffer right forever because I mean, there's, there's a lot of that vibe it's also interesting because you know yeah like youth groups and stuff are going to see this movie so yeah, it, because like in a lot of churches <laughs> it became like mandatory viewing and yes. it was seen as like yeah. very very important and very well done and and it was like super super relevant and like you know it, i i don't think it was ever like that with like the other past bible movies like the last temptation of christ and stuff yeah i mean those I, are all really well-known movies right but like i don't think it had the kind of like like religiously like religious cultural impact that passion right. of the Christ did there there was controversy with last temptation and we'll I'll get to that later uh cuz I've seen that movie too and know a little about that that you know because it's Scorsese though yeah I think that that criticism was coming from Christians this this critic it, it does seem like Christian this really hit a home run with Christians right um, this movie like a lot of Christians it's like really like like tales dude yeah so it, yeah, and I think a big part of that is because it was Mel Gibson who had just a ton of cachet at this point, right. like on the top of his game. I had you know? um I I had these neighbors that like that I grew up with down the street from me, and uh, they were kids like my age, and they were homeschooled. They were homeschooled like Christian, you know, based curriculum kids, and like. I don't know if you knew any kids like that, but it was funny because, like, when The Passion came out, they were all, like, stoked, like, we're going to go see an R-rated movie because, like, they had never seen one. They came oh. back and they are just all bummed out. But then also, like, <laughs> yeah. like they would see things so late and, like, their favorite movies that they thought were, like, badass. Like, they'd be like, dude, have you seen The Naked Gun? And it's just, oh, like, because <laughs> like, it was PG-13, like, at the time. like Or, like, it, just all kinds of shit like that. But anyways, yeah, yeah. Th this, like you said, really hit a home run with Christians. Now, Mel Gibson, the director, he was one of the highest paid actors in the world at the peak of his career, and he's known for his roles in action films, dramas, and comedies. While he is best known for his starring roles in the film franchises Lethal Weapon and Mad Max, he's also an accomplished director. Before The Passion, he had directed Mel Gibson Back to School, The Man Without a Face, and most notably, Braveheart. 
Now, he was making mm. about $20 million of film at, at the peak, and there's a million right. fucking lethal, lethal weapons. Braveheart is one of the most iconic films, like, visually, and, mm. like, like, it's just one of those movies that just stand out. I mean, so he's very, very accomplished. It was definitely in the eyes of, I feel like, Hollywood was qualified to take on, like, a biblical tale, but yeah, also because, it still seemed right. weird. But yeah, it well, I think it seems weird now, but I think I mean, and I guess it did at the time, too. But that's part of the thing is that there aren't really a lot of outspokenly Christian, you know, a list Hollywood celebrities. I mean, that's kind right. of you know, now that's a thing, a thing you talk you hear a lot about is like, you know, Christian values and Hollywood, you know, values tend to clash a lot. And that, you know, those kind of things have come up in the media a lot in the last you know four sure. or five years. So there isn't necessarily like, I mean, I can't, I think that there probably are A-listers that are Christian, but I think that they don't necessarily like parade They're all country singers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Every one and of them is a country there, singer. There, there definitely has to sort of be a niche for it. And I think that it doesn't really line up with being like the lethal weapon guy. But, right. <laughs> but as Max. far as like, as far as tackling like, you know, epic uh, subjects like Braveheart, of course, and then violence i mean mel gibson dude what is that the patriot oh he yeah like, where he just like gets he like gets fucking pissed off at some guy and he just like axes this dude well, he gets killed until pissed off at him because he's taxation without representation and trying to <laughs> you know maintain but control over the colonies guy. i all i remember about that movie is there's this, this one scene where mel gibson like just repeatedly like axes this duty <laughs> well, killed for like dude, this, a lot until he's completely covered in blood okay like mel gibson he looks good covered in blood right absolutely but he's not in this film but so, film. so he so he really right. like i mean when we get to it i mean he really gives it to the guy like G, like yes. jc is taking a fucking pounding throughout this whole goddamn movie so upon the announcement of the film's production, fans of Gibson and Jesus Christ alike were confused and found themselves asking, since when did Mel Gibson have such an interest in biblical tales and what makes him qualified to take on such a controversial topic? There have only been a couple of films based on the Bible that have been marketed to a mainstream audience. The challenges of filming a biblical film are vast, not only for the amount of eggshells that must be walked on during the writing and production, but also for the logistical aspects. You cannot make a small Bible movie. Everything has to be big there are plenty of independent christian films made on small budgets for strictly christian audiences and then there are films like the last temptation of christ and the ten commandments which require some of the biggest budgets hollywood can offer so mm -hmm. you know these films they, yeah. they can also make or break your career if you're in a shitty bible yeah. movie that is fucking it and because if you right, star in one you're... of these independent bible movies you're seen as like super conservative christian guy and no one wants to work with right you. It, that's what I mean is that it can be it can be very polarizing um, right now have you seen last temptation of Christ no okay so I've I've seen that I want to talk about that briefly because that movie did have controversy um it was a Scorsese movie um the main reason why is because the controversy was coming from Christians um one main part about it's again the life of Christ. Uh, it's Willem Dafoe as Jesus. Uh, you got David Bowie in there. He's great. Yep. And Sting. Sting and, and David Bowie are in that movie. Um, <laughs> the soundtrack is killer. Har 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 Harvey Keitel is Judas. Um, but the main thing is that the plot uh, deviates from the gospel, which is like the four 
stories it's, of it's treated Christ. like the gospel. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's gospel. Like ap- ap- apocryphal works. So that in itself is controversial because there was other books that were written that didn't like basically didn't make it into the Bible, like the B sides of the Bible. Right. Right. Well, and, so and, it's based and, on that. And that's that, that's uh, so, something that we'll get into in a second. But the the main reason why um, Last Temptation was yeah. controversial is because Jesus and Mary Magdalene consummate. They have sex. Oh, okay. so that is just like that's the thing that most Christians like that did not fucking happen, according I mean, to us. Okay, um, yeah, God. So that's the thing. But anyway, so this movie did it, it had your picket signs, it had protests of theaters. Some theaters didn't play it. Uh Scorsese received uh death threats. But the most interesting yeah. of these uh controversies was there was an integrist Catholic group that set fire to a theater that was showing the movie. Now I had Jesus. to look up what an integrist Catholic is, and that is a type of Catholic that believes that the actual Catholic faith should be the basis for public law. So that is like essentially like like an orthodox, like someone that yeah. just is still believes like this is how it was written and this is literally how society should go. Should go. So these so like it brought out like a very fringe group of Christians who were extremely upset. So it did receive controversy, but again, from Christians. Right. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, there wasn't really stuff like that that I read that happened with Passion of the Christ, but um, there is plenty of other stuff. But also the thing about Christian films is you have two point three roughly billion Christian people in the world. So, you know, you have a huge market of people that are going to be curious. If you have a hit. If you have a hit. Exactly. Um, but you know, they're all going to be watching for mistakes or creative liberties. And that could be like you just said, seen as disrespectful or even blasphemous. So the passion of the Christ was not your average biblical film. However, this film focuses on the last 12 hours of Christ's life, a 12 hours that was filled with extreme violence in some of the most recognizable religious iconography there is. The sheer audacity and ego one must have to believe they can boil this down into a film is off the charts. But leave mm-hmm. it up to Mel Gibson to answer the call, which right. brings so, us to the production of the Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, you know, it's one of those things, again, where you. Everyone's so familiar. It's like, you know, he got his hands nailed to the cross. <laughs> you know, you got, you know, like he received Metal. all these these whippings and lashings. Um, and all these things, but then again, like a lot of those paintings of it depicted in this way that isn't like so terrifying, you know, it's like, he's a lot of, you know, paint paintings of Jesus being crucified are not, he's not covered in blood and covered in lashes. Like, right. You know, the, the little, like the nail comes in and there might be like a little tiny drop of blood coming out of the no, nail. It's, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's but like, in, he's like, it looks like he's like in perfect condition. And right. Like when they but put him Mel up there. Gibson is taking like Braveheart, uh, the Patriot levels <laughs> of blood and gore to depict these moments. Right. Which and is probably a lot more like what it was. Yes. What, what was actually yes. going down. Um, so let's get into it. The, you know, throughout the filming of the Passion of the Christ, there was a slew of mishaps, almost as if the whole production was cursed. Not to mention that all of the dialogue in the film is in Aramaic, Hebrew, and Latin. So everyone mm-hmm. had to learn these, like, you know, very specific languages, a couple, you know, one of which isn't even spoken a- anymore. And, and, he, and Mel Gibson 
Wait, are there subtitles or there are subtitles? He, yeah, yeah, but I think there's a version where there isn't. He didn't want subtitles. <laughs> Everyone's just like, what Be the fuck is this? Yeah, I mean, so it seems like there's this obsession of like, how did this go down as like in his mind as accurately as possible? And so there wouldn't be subtitles. And I will say hey, life doesn't his, come with subtitles, baby, or training it, wheels. Fuck with me or or a restart button. Yeah, um, I will say, though, to his credit, I did read an interview and it was I think it's kind of an interesting idea that of not having subtitles is that he wanted the story to be able to ex like he was saying, you wouldn't need to actually understand the words being said. You would understand from the way people are talking and the actions on screen. You'd understand the story. And Fuck that's actually that. kind of. What that's kind of cool. That's kind yeah, of cool. but dude, watch that movie without subtitles, and you've seen it, and you'll be like, "What the fuck?" True. I'm just saying See, that idea could the maybe idea make is a cool, cool movie, but right. the, the idea yeah. is cool because it's very conceptual, and it's like it's conceptual. And, and, but it's like, dude, just put it in the fucking subtitles. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so the star of the movie, Jim Caviezel, took a literal beating during the filming, suffering a 14-inch gash on his back during one of the whipping scenes. And I suppose that statistically, if you're receiving hundreds of fake lashes, you'll most likely catch a real one in there, uh, you know, mm -hmm. he, here and there, causing an awful wound. And the punishment scenes are brutal, and it's the main yes. reason over everything, pretty much, that the film was so controversial. Because mm -hmm. you're watching Jesus Christ get his entire body opened up. Like, right. It, it is nuts. And he also got hit a couple of times. Um, like they cane him first, and then they bring out these catty mm -hmm. nine tails that like tear his skin open. Yeah. And he got the wind knocked out of him to the point of like needing like an oxygen mask like for right. a second. I was rewatching some of these scenes because, like I said, I hadn't seen it since fucking youth group. And the the lashing scenes, they're so long. They're so and long. They're just and you're just like. Wow, I'm just watching like, and they're just like laughing, like, <laughs> yeah, like going crazy. I mean, I was, I, you know, rewatching some of these scenes like last week. I was like, fuck, this is. I mean, it is affecting me. It. I mean, it no, is, it, it is. It's very it's uncomfortable to watch. It's very, it's very, very violent, mm. and it's not violent in like a in like a fucking like shoot 'em up way or a slasher where it's like super sensational. It's like you're just watching one guy take right. all this abuse that's made to be like as realistic looking right. as possible. But now the I mean the motivation behind that is because this is saying that this is what he did. He endured this for us for your sins. For and your so sins, if you look on yeah. if you look on the YouTube comments there are those like <laughs> you love fans the YouTube that are, I love the YouTube comments because it, it always gives me something I wouldn't have because I'm just watching it like God this is so violent and then someone's there to tell me it just makes me love like this movie made me love Christ more because seeing all of this violence right and knowing like it's giving them that sense of like this is all the fucking shit he went through for you homie so act I right. Know. And it's like, dude, it's like some my sins, like, I don't think they're bad enough to, like, you know, need Jesus to, like, take, like, like literally getting his back. You, opened up. yours are, he's got to go back on the cross for you, Ryan. <laughs> Just you, buddy. Snap. As if being whipped for real wasn't enough, Caviezel also came down with a case of pneumonia as well as hypothermia. On top of all that, due to the makeup he was wearing for the majority of the film, he suffered severe migraines regularly. So basically, he had to show up at 2 a.m. every day for makeup that would then, you know, th then they'd shoot all day. And one of his eyes for the like the majority of the movie is swollen shut. Mm 
Mm-hmm. And so he was seeing everything through one eye and it would just give him these insane headaches just going like 12 hour yeah. days. Like and you only see using it one eye. You see his eye all jacked up in all, the movie. all fucked up. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 exactly. Now, the most well-known onset accident to happen to Caviezel occurred during one of the flashback scenes where Jesus is atop a mountain preaching to his followers. During that scene, Caviezel was struck by lightning. Like, for real. Like, you can't write that. That's literally like something from a Mel Brooks movie where, mm-hmm. like, some some hotshot director's got to put it all, all his eggs in one basket mm-hmm. in this big religious movie and, like, everything keeps going wrong and, like, because of the reputation of all these things going wrong, it becomes a smash hit. That's literally a Mel Brooks movie. He can have it. And mm-hmm. it's The Passion of the Christ is what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, Absolutely. Yeah. And apparently, though, he was fine, like, but his hair was kind of just fried. Uh, and most would say that that was an act of God. And many religious figures who were critical of the film cited this as proof that the film should not have been made. And while the big guy or gal upstairs must have decided that one lightning strike was not enough for the casting crew of The Passion of the Christ, so they shot another one down that struck the assistant director, John Michelini. Even crazier than two lightning strikes on the same set is the fact that this was the second time for Michelini, which statistically speaking has about a one in a trillion chance of happening. He was struck by lightning like two years before or something. Uh huh. Yeah. Like it hit I mean, his umbrella and it fried his hand. It that's you can't buy that kind of press, you know. Dude, God um, is trying to make this not happen. Like, he struck right. the guy playing Jesus while he's on top of a mountain <laughs> acting like he's fucking Jesus. Like, it, that is the craziest <laughs> shit. It's, that's wild. Yeah. We're still not done with Caviezel, though. The on-screen Messiah also suffered a dislocated shoulder while carrying the cross because the cross itself weighed about 150 pounds. And while carrying it on his shoulder under a barrage of beatings and falling down over and over, his shoulder popped out of place. And then later, when he was hung on the cross for those scenes, he was up there for a few hours at a time. There was high winds. That's when he got hypothermia. So the only person to have it worse on a cross than Jesus Christ is literally Jim Caviezel. <laughs> <laughs> like, the oh, only person God. that had it harder than Jim Caviezel playing Jesus is Jesus. That's <laughs> like, your yaka yaka yaka. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like playing Jesus is almost yes. as, as hard as being well. Him. And I will say he's a really good actor. I mean, it's he's great. Really, and maybe because it's a good he's, movie. I'll say it. maybe because he's in a lot of pain. Actually, <laughs> it's not acting. Because, he's just being beaten he and just whipped. <laughs> looks like he's in a lot of pain. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it, you know, it's so brutal and all that makeup just like because it's all over your body like your whole body is a fucking open wound it's yeah. so insane now did, did you have in your notes about mel gibson's production company i don't think i don't think you did uh this one thing so mel gibson because you know we mentioned he's a director he you know he started his own production company called icon productions right mm-hmm. and that um fully funded this movie is like a $30 million budget. So get Mel Gibson is footing the bill here. I mean, not, I yeah. guess not him, per, but his company is, um, which kind of makes it into that like passion project thing, though. I think he was smart enough to still <laughs> funnel into project. it. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Um, because, you know, we've talked about before, maybe like, you know, doing battlefield earth because John Travolta, put up like 20 million of when his they, own when dollars pay, when they have to pay for their own movie it's yes. it's it's a very uh risky situation so it's kind of like that 
But the difference is that Mel Gibson did have his production company, Icon Productions, to fund it. And Icon had produced Braveheart. So I'm sure that they had a nice little bankroll to make oh, yeah. this, this project with. But For that sure. being said, yeah, it's just it, he's it was very invested. He's very invested in this thing. Yes, literally in all and, aspects. In all yeah. aspects. Yes, yes. As news of the onset injuries and so-called acts of God reached the media, anticipation for the film grew. It seemed the film was being made against all odds, and audiences anxiously awaited its release. This is like what happened with like The Exorcist, where like the set burned down and someone died, and there was injuries, and there's a religious theme, and like was mm -hmm. this film evil or what? Like what? Why is it being plagued by all this? Like there's mm -hmm. a great show on um on Shutter called Cursed Films where right, they discuss right. all these films. Where, where terrible things happened um it's very much like that uh it's you know i, I guess just when you're I making mean, a heavy film heavy things can happen well i guess just if the themes of the film end up mirroring themselves in weird production mishaps it's kind of eerie and uncanny and, right, and, and it makes and it, it all little, intriguing. So people that wouldn't have, spine tingling, right? So people yeah. that wouldn't normally have wanted to go see this, it's now like, well, this is the one where the guy got like hit by lightning and all this crazy shit. So mm -hmm. that brings us to the premiere of the Christ. The Passion of the Christ was released in theaters on February 25th, 2004. People flocked to the theaters in mass to see the already controversial film. During its theatrical run, an astounding 59,645,930 tickets were sold. It was the fourth highest grossing film of the year, and until the release of Fifty Shades of Grey, it was the highest grossing February release of all time. So, is uh, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey going to be a dump? Is that that good? Feels like question. a dump. That feels yeah. like a nice, hefty dump. <laughs> yeah, sexy dump. A sexy yeah. dump. A se yeah. <laughs> Fifty shades. Fifty dumps of Grey. Yeah, I think you're. I, I think, think 50 you're right. Shades of Dump. I've seen the or first 50 dumps of movie. They, they both work actually. Wasn't it? <laughs> doesn't it have some kind of relation to twilight like it was like fan fiction it, of twilight yeah, mm -hmm. or vice versa something like something that, like that? Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah. yes uh good call as quickly as the film sent viewers storming out of the theater devastated by the graphic violence it also sent millions of church going folks into the theaters to see the film that shortly after its release had become mandatory viewing in many christian circles one Texas businessman named Arch Bonema purchased 6,000 tickets to distribute amongst his fellow church members, neighbors, co-workers, and just about anyone he could convince to go see it. And not only did he buy 6,000 tickets, he also rented out an entire 20-screen multiplex to screen the film for the ticket holders. And, and so by, 20 theaters playing <laughs> Passion of the Christ nonstop until 6,000 people saw it. And by Texas businessman, you mean like... An oil guy who's got a giant like horns like, on cowboy the end of his hat, Cadillac. The like, <laughs> my name's Arch Bonema. You like always want to go see the Passion, and he's yeah. just kind of like <laughs> strutting around the movie theater, like, "Yep, like, what'd you think of the movie?" And he's just doing just that. Waiting. For, well, yeah, yeah. Like, he just goes and he, and he goes in to like, the next theater. Like, have you been yeah. to one of those movie theaters where, like, someone's like, all right, guys, you're seeing Spider-Man, blah, blah, blah tonight. Like, oh, yeah. Uh -huh. like, like, it's like he they does like that for it. the passion to, like, 20 <laughs> times an hour. 
an unfortunate effect of the film on audiences besides the occasional fainters and pukers were the two reported fatal heart attacks that occurred during screenings of the film. One of the victims of the passion was a Brazilian pastor known as Pastor Soares, and the other was 56-year-old Peggy Law, who collapsed in a Kansas theater during the crucifixion scene. There were off-duty medical personnel at the theater who tried to revive her, but she was pronounced dead once she arrived at the hospital, and nothing sells tickets like a movie that might kill you. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> like, now it's just like, holy shit. Like, this movie has a fucking body count of audience members. Yes. Well, it's a fucking intense movie. And I think that because of the because of the Jesus thing and the Christian thing, I just yeah, I don't think people were prepared for how violent it was. And like I said, I in my youth group, we all went to see it. And I I mean, now being a teenager, I you know, I, I was like seeing Scarface and like fucking Pulp Fiction. Yeah, but this is different. so like. Right, but at least it, I guess to me, and I also, I feel like I just seen The Patriot, so I don't know what it was. Like, The Patriot <laughs> fucked me up, okay? Um, yeah, what the fuck? So, so I've, I mean, either I'm repressing the memory or like the second viewing of Passion of the Christ, like last week, I was like, whoa, this movie was fucked up. Cause it, I guess, like, I don't know where my head is exactly, but I remember, like, it was fucked up. And I remember that we had to talk about it as a youth group afterwards. Right. Oh, and dude. Just, and oh, God. I, and I just remember, dude, like... That's such I a thing like, when you're a kid, having to, like, like watch something that's heavy, and then you need to have the awkward, like, okay, so any questions? Like, right. I know mm -hmm. that's a Does lot. Did this make you feel anyway? I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it made me horny. Like a, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Just, like, saying, so the youth group's like, okay, well, we have to, like, Try and All deal right, with well, this rationally. Well, let's explore that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just the blood. <laughs> oh God, dude. Well, um, I, like I remember yeah. having to do that to like for, like puberty videos. Like you'd watch like a video mm, about like yeah. wet dreams and shit, and it's like, okay, any questions? And everyone's like, nope. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> not, the big absolutely not. The big takeaway is like I've said already in the episode is that all this shit. It's like put. It's putting the most graphic detail because you know the words in the Bible sometimes they're very old. So it's like, in case you missed it, it's not really this, a page turner. This is what Jesus did, right? This in is how he died it. for in case you missed it. And so it's, it has that very strong message of like, he died for your sins. And it's not that he just died. He didn't just pass. He was tortured. He like every, and every paraded through the streets. Yeah. Like, whipped, like the nails. I mean, there's this one a part crown of the thorns literally fixed into the skin of yeah. his head. They it's all depicted. I remember there's one scene someone where spits on him. Yeah, he <laughs> he's in the he's he's been nailed to the cross and then they like flip the cross upside Over, down. So, yeah. And he's like face. So, you're like, fuck. And so he's like basically doing the thing like Tom Cruise does in Mission Impossible where he's like an <laughs> inch away from the ground. <laughs> but it's Jesus. <laughs> and it looks so fucking painful. Maybe I'm just like my Why stomach. You hate me. My stomach for violence. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the Biscuit, Mission Impossible song and like crucifying Jesus. And oh, I mean, God. you know, that's there's a very similar theme in that. In Fred, sure. you know, the Fred. <laughs> God. Well, you want to hate me? I'm not. Yeah, I'm here for you. So there was one other death attributed to the passion of the Christ, and that was the career of the film star Jim Caviezel. According to Caviezel, oh. who. 
Yeah, burn. <laughs> According to Caviezel, who has since referred to Mel Gibson as a horrible sinner, was told by Gibson before production started that if he took this role, he would most likely never work in this town again. But Caviezel took the role anyway, citing the importance of the film. And during an appearance at a Florida-based Baptist church, he explained, we all have to embrace our own crosses. Like, we all have our cross mm -hmm. to bear kind of a thing. Like, like it was my duty in life. Someone had to play Jesus. And it, like, almost like he died. Like, his career had to die for the passion for of the, the Christ. Like, how wow. fucking Jesus mm -hmm. had to die for the sins yeah. of humanity. Uh, but now, I'm looking, like, I'm he, he at, does, like... Yeah, you're like the post passion. He does. He, he he does like yeah. He's done a couple things here and there, but mostly he does paid appearances at like mega churches and like yeah. he was on the Seven Hundred Club a bunch of times. Um, stuff right. Like that. So you know, film career maybe you know didn't it didn't you know take him to you know Hollywood superstardom, but I think because again the success of the movie. I think yeah he's he's got some gigs and it seems like he is like a Christian. I feel like you know he, I right. think he well, has I, that. Right. Well, I remember he was even on like an MTV Movie Awards and like the whole bit was that someone was interviewing him and they like thought he was actually Jesus and like that's the bit. Like oh, so I mean man. he was around but yeah, not anymore. So now it's time for the backlash. Aside from the intense violence in the film, the other half of the controversy surrounding the passion of the Christ was the way that the story was told. While the Bible was obviously the main source material for the film, Gibson took it upon himself to embellish the story, drawing inspiration not only from his own mind, but from some extra-biblical sources, such as the Dolores Passion of Our Lord Jesus Christ, which was originally written by a German nun and then rewritten by the poet Clemens Brentano. This is a very, very old piece of literature. And the Dolores Passion is noted for its anti-Semitic themes. It's not the best thing to pull from when making a film based on one of the most well-known biblical tales you don't take a piece mm -hmm. of experimental theological literature where like they're like right. pontificating if maybe if the jews weren't around jesus would have never died kind and, of a thing and and that's the same situation with with scorsese in last temptation was that he started adding oh jesus had sex and so, yeah they're like motherfucker you know, right yeah. right I exactly but uh Christian folks didn't necessarily care about this. This was coming from the Jewish communities and from people that were just like ready to bounce on the film for any kind of discrepancy. So there are several scenes that were viewed as being anti-Semitic, including the addition of demonic Jewish children who drive the ex-disciple of Jesus, Judas, to suicide. There are not demonic, sharp-toothed Jewish children mentioned in the Bible. Uh, besides the child demons, the manner in which the Jewish priests were portrayed raised many an eyebrow. The Jewish high priests who put Jesus on trial are portrayed as mafioso-type villains who will stop at nothing to see Jesus executed, while the Roman governor, who is sought out to approve the execution, is portrayed as a kind, concerned man who not only tries to dissuade the Jews from killing Jesus, but also offers him a cold drink. That's not in the Bible, and it only serves to make the Jewish priests seem more evil. Right. Because in the movie, this guy's really like, are you sure you want mm -hmm. me to kill Jesus? And they're like, right. yes, we want yeah. him dead. He's like, yeah. are you really sure? Right, right. Like, let me feed him. Let me, like, mm -hmm. clean him up, you know. And and these types of, you know, um, frictions between Christians and Jewish, you know, Jewish people, like those faiths, definitely have frictions and it's not always like i mean well major, all religions have friction all with major each religions other. have frictions but the whole point being that when you're going for the the main story of jesus it's one thing 
but then he's adding this other thing that is getting a little more into like something that might make a certain Christian tick or a certain yeah. <laughs> Jewish pe person be like, what the fuck? dude yeah you know yeah. so it's it's again and again but that's the thing it's like really how do you make a movie about jesus and not piss off somebody I right i mean you, you know like it's it's exactly the same thing like if you were gonna make a movie about like a true life sports event you right. better make damn sure that you get every detail of that sporting event correct because sports <laughs> yeah. and religion are literally yeah. like the same thing uh <laughs> There was such an outcry from the Jewish community that the Anti-Defamation League denounced the film publicly. Soon the film began to polarize Christians and Jews, and at, at least those who took the film serious enough to raise an issue about it. This isn't like, this wasn't like a fucking, you know, battle of biblical proportions about to come down. But if you were the type that took the film serious enough, then you had the issue. Most people were just like, crazy fucking movie, like, you know, like, wow, really sad, really powerful, like... You know, no one, no one really do that. But the people, like you said, like the the Jesus Christ fanboys, they were the, like, that's where it gets really serious. Uh, the Pope yeah. was also quoted saying that the film was entirely accurate, but the Vatican denies that he ever actually said that. Somehow, like a quote, like a you know mm. that this quote got leaked to the press. And it's like Pope approves, and then everyone was like, then all you know. All the people that had all these issues with it were like, what the fuck? Like, the Pope yeah. fucking approved that? And then that, you know, so starts it uh, over again. There's also been a documentary made that does, like, a really deep dive into the anti-Semitism, like, throughout the film called The Passion of the Christ, The Controversy. Uh, it's made by, um, I believe, a rabbi is the director. All of the accusations of anti-Semitism came full circle two years after the film's release when director and writer Mel Gibson was arrested for a DUI. During the arrest, Gibson was quoted saying to the officer, this is what Mel Gibson said to a cop wasted, fucking Jews. The Jews are responsible for all of the wars in the world. Are you a Jew? And the cop was just like, mm -hmm. whoa, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck? And, and that, you know, it, it left very, very little room for him to defend himself in right. any way. Really and then a couple it. years later, he, he does the same thing, leaves these god awful, like, N word uh -huh. Latin text messages or uh, texts uh, and, voicemails. and voicemails. Yeah. And I mean, these two moments, ha I mean, I don't think the movie itself. What the co I mean, the movie made a lot of money and I don't think the movie was going to kill his career. But this this drunk driving thing and then this that thing, did. Yeah, that because, again, they really like but then he's back. I mean, he was nominated for an Oscar after all that. He's back. But I think I mean, it took a minute. It took a minute. People are I feel like people he are had, like afraid of him. And he the had industry. like I would say he had a pretty big fall of fall, uh, fall of grace or whatever the fuck the, falling out of faith. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, and it was it was it was you know, like right after what women want, where he can read the minds of women, and they all think guys have cute butts. That's like the whole movie. It's like cute butt. Cute butt. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally. Oh, the wait, whole is he st is he starring in movies recently? I haven't seen. Uh, like I, I he was in um he was in a movie where he plays Santa, but Santa's like retired, and then and Walton Goggins plays like a hitman who wants to kill him. Like a oh, kid hired shit. a hitman. Oh, I wanted to see. Oh, Fat Man. Yeah. I wanted yeah, to Fat see that, Man. actually. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's around. Um, yeah. If you know anything about the story of Jesus, you know that he obviously dies at the end of the Passion of the Christ. But you also know that he eventually rises from the grave. And this leaves open the opportunity to make a sequel, which, according to all major sources, including Jim Caviezel himself, J.C., 
is happening, although the details have been kept super under wraps or shrouds, rather. But <laughs> Mel Gibson is making the resurrection of the Christ. That is something that is a project that's really? been planned for a long time. And uh, Jim Caviezel will reprise his role as Jesus, uh, which will be nice because he'll be able to eat again. Um, you know, so what does it all mean? <laughs> what does the passion of the Christ mean to me and culture dumps and everything else let's see well i guess it means that religion is a very big deal to many many people it probably isn't a good idea to use the bible as source material for a film because it's just too fully loaded it's too much of a hot button it is difficult if not impossible for filmmakers to put their own spin or yeah to not put their own spin on whatever literary material they draw from for inspiration and with the stakes being so high when dealing with religion it probably just isn't worth it that is, unless money is your singular goal, as opposed to secular. Uh, while The Passion of the Christ has several theological consultants on hand to ensure the film's accuracy, it was still being made by Mel Gibson, who it is safe to say more than likely had an ulterior motive, or at least an opinion that would alter the way the story was told. And also, like I said before, when something's made into a movie, to me, it just automatically seems fictional, uh, you know, because it's like these larger than life I images. It gets the Hollywood treatment and it plays out more like Lord of the Rings or something than like this thing that people are supposed to believe right. and, you know, base their life on my. Uh, so, yeah, that's it. My I mean, my only thought is just that uh, is that in this movie, Monica Bellucci plays Mary Magdalene and she is. One of my biggest celebrity crushes of all time. <laughs> she's my, one, uh, I have a thought. She is. Uh, she is <laughs> one of the holy most, thought. She is one of the most beautiful women of all time, and honestly, she is great as Mary Magdalene, and it she it fits really well. And she's is a fantastic actress. That's another that's all, thing, by the that's way. All I, that say. They... I love you, Monica Bellucci. <laughs> I love you so much. I'm sure she's listening. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she's like, I love this show, Culture Club. Um, in the in the film, the two Mar Mary Magdalene and Mary, like the you know Jesus's mom, they're there to witness the the torture and the crucifixion, and all that stuff. That's not really how how it was in the Bible either. Um, but yeah, folks. So like we said at the top of the show, subscribe to Patreon.com/slash/CultureDumps. You can always send us an email with a uh, comment or a suggestion. We got some good ones recently. Uh, one of my favorite ones <laughs> that we got suggested to us was Thomas Kincaid, the painter. Yes, that <laughs> like, would be a great so, one. So good. Uh, yeah, re really funny. Also, an another good one that someone suggested was the Madonna sex book. That's a really good mm, one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, we, we, we do read them and we, we enjoy that quite Madonna, a bit. So that's, Madonna's British accents. <laughs> not a whole dump, but <laughs> not a whole dump, happens. but definitely a, a part of it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's culture dumps at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at culture dumps. And also if you're listening to this on Spotify or on iTunes or Apple or what have you go down and rate it, leave a review if you're so kind and uh, keep on dumping. That's all. That's all I gotta say. I love you, Monica. I love you so much. <laughs>